Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, what's up, my friends? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It is Matt Browning, and what a lovely, lovely day. Um, as you're wherever you are right now in your car, on the computer, on the treadmill, lying in bed, I'm just glad that you invited me and my friends, my guests into your life. This week, we have a really, really exciting episode. This one is going to knock your socks off because we have a real live Ironman triathlete with us. A good friend of mine uh, is coming on the show. He's a sales trainer, one of the best sales trainer in the world, and he has several uh, best-selling books out. One of them in particular we're going to be talking about is the Iron Man Mind Sales Secrets Formula, also the Peak Performer books, the Ten Commandments of Peak Performance. This is from a guy who has done multiple Ironmans, and his most recent one was four months ago. And I'll let him tell you his age when he comes on. His experience spans more than thirty years of corporate sales executive experience across every different industry. So he's done uh, food industries, medical industries, uh, retail clients. Uh, beer industries, tech industries, banking. He's done it all. So we're going to have a very awesome and down-to-earth sales conversation about how you can become a better seller, how you can sell without selling, and ultimately how to get the mindset to get the most uh, out of your time with prospects and clients. And I think that's part of why we're all here is to grow our businesses and to enjoy our life while we do it. Welcome to the show, Iron Man Rich Green. How are you, my friend? Hey, Matt. I am great. Thanks so much for, for inviting me to be on. I, I, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. I mean, there, it's not often you get someone who's has sold, worked with, and spoken for, I mean, every major company across every industry from Safeway to Kroger's to Trader Joe's to Whole Foods. You've worked with Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, Cedar sinai uh, When you get into Coca-Cola, Nestle, Coors, Kraft, Heinz, Campbell Soups, uh, The Gap, Walgreens, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, B of A, I could go on and on. You have worked with every major brand and really in every major industry. So I want to shut up and I want to get into your life. My first question for you is, have you always kind of been a little salesman or is this something you had to develop over time? Tell me just about kind of the sales journey of, of you. Why did you pick sales and was that natural for you? Wow. Uh, you, you set me up on that question. Um, it was not natural, Matt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got out of school uh, when I got uh, out of college. I'd majored in marketing and I thought for sure I was going to go into marketing. And, uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing is I looked at the starting pay for marketing people and then I looked at the starting pay for salespeople and it was a pretty big gap. And I said, I think I think sales is that's for me. And so, you know, honestly, that's that was the reasoning behind me choosing it. I was the least likely salesperson uh, because I was incredibly shy. Matt, I, you know, I know you and I spent a lot of time together, but you may be surprised by this. When I got out of school and I got into my first sales job, I was so shy, I couldn't look you in the eye when I shook your hand. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. People say the same thing. I, I hear it a lot because, you know, you and I, we speak all over you know, on stages and I cannot tell you how many times I hear something. You know, I'll, I'll tell people how shy I always was. 
And I'm like, hey, I'm super shy. I had one friend in high school ask my mom. And my mom's like, yeah. But, <laughs> but people don't believe it when, I think the story though, the moral is like, you can change. You can learn personality skills or speaking skills, sales, like all these things are things you can learn. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, these, these are soft skills. These are success skills. In fact, the one thing I learned, in, especially when it comes to sales or just about anything in business or in life, your emotion quotient, your ability to connect with people is so much more important than intellect. Intellect is important, but your, the, the soft skills to be able to connect to people, to be able to have empathy, to be able to communicate, that's everything. And what would you say makes a good salesperson? Um, yeah, I got a couple questions about this I'd like to debunk, but let me, I, start, I want to start with that. What would you say makes a good salesperson? What qualities need to be present first? Or is it all things you can learn? Like, you know, I'm talking about um, personality traits or character development uh, and skill sets. Like what comes to mind that would be a great building block? Well, you, let me, you said a couple of different things. And so let me break that down to skill sets. And then you talked about personality. And I, I'm going to go even a little deeper. I might even say your personal morals, what you believe. You know, the, the, the one thing that I see in every successful salesperson is they like people, they're honest, and they want to help people. Sa I tell you what sales is not about. Sales is not about convincing. It's not about tricking. It's not about you know, trying to get somebody to, to, to sign the contract to buy your product when they don't want to buy it. That's not what sales is about. People that do that, and I know we've all run into those people that you feel like you just want to get away from them. They are posers. They're not real sales professionals. Just need a shower after you meet with them. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and, and sadly, you know, that's what a lot of people think. They've had that experience. And I think that's what sales is about. That's not what sales is about. Sales is about helping people. So you got to have a good heart and you've got to like people and, and you've got to be honest and you've got to be looking for ways to make their life better. So that's kind of the, 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 the personality, the morals, the who you are inside. Then there's the soft skills, Matt. And that's the stuff that, you know, I needed a lot of when I got out of school because I just didn't know how to communicate. You know, I had a desire. Uh, I wanted to help people, but I, I just didn't have the skills to do it. So what sort, can, of so what sort of soft skills were really important for you to develop that you weren't able to, you know, when it comes to communication, like, is, is there a certain, like, where should I start? And what would be the first couple of soft skills to really go after develop? You know, maybe um, I'm listening, I want to read a book on this, or I want to, I want to take a class on this. Aside from your book, which we'll get to, well, what would be kind of the first, first or second soft skill to really start looking at that would help you the most uh, in the sales performance in your business? Well, I, I, it's a skill that actually that would help anybody in any aspect of their life. And that is the ability to listen. And there's all sorts of different levels of listening, but I mean, actually really listening to the person that you're talking to, putting yourself in their shoes, uh, listening, not only just listening to the words, but looking at how they're saying the words. Uh, if you can do that, it's not a telephone or something like that. Um, that's probably one of the most important skills that any salesperson can have. Tell me more about about how to listen. I love that. So, I mean, my son, I've talked to you about him. He's in third grade and like downstairs right now, my, my wife Lola is doing homeschool with him and they're walking through 
like reading stories and then understanding the narrative and pulling out and everything, but you can watch them sometimes just kind of go off into space. Talk to me a little more about the actual listening aspect of it. So you said not just what they say, but how they're saying it or what their face looks like. What are you looking for? What are you trying to uncover? What's, what's the deal with that? The, the interesting thing, Matt, and, and you may know this, I, you know, is because you're a great communicator, words are only 7% of communication. Certainly. The words that we use are only 7% of communication. So there's so many other cues in, in body movement, in uh, facial expressions, in tonality of voice that can communicate um, a message. And so first, you know, you need to, you need to just kind of be quiet and listen to what the person is saying. And that's, that's level one listening. And then as you're getting as you're getting to level two and you're getting deeper into the listening aspect, that's when you start to notice some of those other things. And you know, probably one of the when you get into level three listening, that's that's level two, you're noticing all of these other cues and you're kind of taking that information in and you're trying to really understand what what somebody means, because sometimes they don't know how to express it in words. But if you watch carefully and you watch their facial expressions and you watch their body movement, because the body never lies you can usually get a pretty good understanding of what they're trying to say. Uh, and it just gets better with practice. And then level three listening is, you know, you're, you're not even thinking about how you're going to respond to the person. You're just listening to everything that they're saying and you're taking it in. So I bet, you know, you right now you and I are talking and, and it's natural for you and I to, to listen to each other, but at the same time, we're thinking about what we're going to say next. Right. Usually, but now you just caught me because when you said level three listening, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to level three listen. <laughs> I'm not going to get ready for another question. I'm just going to hear what he says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and 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 that's the deepest level of listening. And uh, when you get to when you get really good at that, then you're going to be a really good communicator. And being a really good communicator is, you know, that you can be a really good salesperson if you can if you can communicate. So with your, with your background, you've worked in all different, again, industries um, and probably different contract sizes. And I want you to think about it for a second, but what would be like, a, what's a small sale to you? And maybe what are some of the larger sized deals or contracts or whatever that you've worked on or negotiated or sold uh, in your three decade experience? What, what, what's the range of sales amounts we're talking about here for some of these companies? Yeah, well, you, you just named a whole bunch of different companies. So, you know, I, a lot of it depends on the industry. So you talked about consumer packaged goods, right, and retail. And, and at that level, the first, very first job I ever had was with the Campbell Soup Company. And so when you're talking about that, you're, you're talking about individual items. And if you want to talk about a can of soup, you might be talking about 18 cents, right? Um, you know, very, very, very low, but very high volume. Um, and then I've worked for other companies where I've sold very complex software packages. And then we're talking about seven figures for those sales. You know, seven figures. Seven figures for those sales, right. And they're very much longer sales cycle, very involved. And in those particular instances, um, I was working with uh, financial institutions in the banking and banking industry and payment systems. And um, you can't get that stuff wrong. So it's a very, very complex sales, very long sales cycles, very involved. And, uh, and you know, the typical sale could be one, two, even $3 million. And then you've got some sort of an annual uh, reoccurring revenue stream on top of that. What, what are some of the major differences? And again, like with a guy with your, your range of experience and different experiences. So for me, I've 
sold a certain type of um, uh, products or programs or services over the years. You've ranged all over the place. Are there any like fundamental differences between uh, a lower priced item and a higher priced item? You know, if I'm talking about, hey, I'm going to sell a copier for $9,000 or if I'm going to sell um, an ongoing software contract for multi-millions, what, aside from the, obviously the time cycle will probably be longer, right? right what are right. some other key differences or things to watch for depending on what, like maybe how <laughs> large it is or does that matter at all? And are, are there other factors that might, how would you categorize different types of sales? I guess that's what I'm asking. Well, it matters quite a bit, actually, because um, when you're talking about, you know, 18 cents versus millions of dollars, you've got an issue of trust. And, you know, the, the, there's a much higher level of risk when you're talking about more money. So typically in those situations, the people that you're dealing with, the companies and the, and the individuals in the organizations, when you've got a much higher risk, they're going to want to know that they trust you and that they trust the company that you work for and that they trust the product that you sell. So there's kind of, there's kind of this trifecta of three really important things and they all have to be, they all have to be in sync because if they're not, you're not going to get the sale. You could be the greatest salesperson in the world and the greatest communicator and you could have a great product, but if your company doesn't have a good reputation, it's off and you're not going to get that sale. Okay, so are we saying that for the higher price point, the company reputation will become more important because it's okay. longer, they're going to look into it more? Not that it's not important other times, but is that what I'm hearing or did I miss that? No, I think it's way more important when you're looking at a higher risk and a higher value investment. Those things are way more important. And people are going to be, they're going to be seeking information. The, the, the level of detail in the decision making is so much higher. And they're going to be looking at a lot of external sources, not just what you're telling them. Uh, they're going to be looking at all sorts of things that, you know, the most amazing thing to me, even in today, is that uh, I think that the statistic for B2B buyers is 87% of B2B buyers go to social media to find out something about the company or the person that's selling the product. So that's, we're talking business to business. Right, just business to business. Business to consumer. Exactly. So I'm representing, the, I'm representing, I'm a buyer representing a business, but I'm still going to go to social media, to Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm going to look at the person selling me and I'm going to look at the company's social media presence and so forth. And you're going to be looking at what other people have to say about the company and the product. Wow. Those that's, things. Yeah. said, so, you know, the, the business, the consumer side, I think that's pretty you know, natural. You would expect that. But a lot of people don't realize how important it is on the business to business side of things. So those are all things that build the level of trust. And so I think the trust factor is, is much, much more important when you've got a, uh, a much higher risk involved in a much higher investment. So, it, it, so if I'm in business to business, would you say that focusing on the reputation, the reputation management, my online presence, uh, what they're going to find, would that be, is that first or is that just equally important to how I'm showing up um, and how I'm doing a meeting and the presentation? Are these all kind of equal footing items? Yeah, or I wish what, I what would you put the most, I don't know, presence or the most, uh, what key factor has made the most larger sales for you if you had to, to say that amongst the different industries? I'm going to tell you that all those things are really important and you have to, they all have to be, you know, in sync. But if I were to rank them, 
I would say that it's you, that you're the individual. Because in most of the cases, you're the person representing the company. They don't know the face. They may not know the faceless company. They know you. You know, they know Matt. You know, and, and so developing that level of trust and, and uh, being able to show up as somebody that's competent, that can really help them with their problem, that's probably the most important thing. Your brand, your personal brand, and this is one of the things I work with a lot of people on, your personal brand is extremely important. Tell me more about the personal brand. So is this uh, online reputation personal brand or is this how you present yourself when you show up to a meeting personal brand? How, how do you define personal brand and, and what's important about it? Well, there's a lot of different levels now. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm a, a business and sales coach, but uh, my branding is I'm the Ironman business and sales coach, right? So yes. you've got, you got a kind of a marketing brand, right? And that's really important because that tells you something about the person. It's a differentiator. There's, you know, something that's just a little bit different. And I know we're going to talk about Ironman, uh, hopefully, because I think it, it, it's really important in, in what I teach and how I help people. Um, but you said how you show up, how you show up is probably even more important. Are you a person of your word? Boy, I got to tell you, that's, that's so huge in today's world. Do you do what you say you're going to do? It do and even if you don't do things perfectly and you make mistakes and you're honest and you own up to them and you make up for it, boy, that, that goes so far in today's world. So how you show up, how you present yourself, and you know how you how you perform, those are all your brand because those are things that people learn about you, either good or bad. Well, and, and let's talk about performing because I've been, I've been waiting for this part, but you, um, you, you can share your age as of today if you want. Um, but I know that you're not 20 years old anymore and you've done how many, seven Ironmans now? Six or seven? Yeah, I've done seven Ironman and, you know, I'm not embarrassed about my age. I probably would have been if I wasn't doing these Ironman, but I'm 57 years old. <laughs> and, uh, and when was your last Ironman? This is all stuff I, you did back in college? No, I, I in fact, I never did anything physically most of my adult life. I was really engaged in my business and I was a traveling executive and, you know, I was out there setting the world on fire, but I probably wasn't doing so great as far as my health was concerned. So I didn't start doing the Ironman until I was 51 years old. That was when I did my first Ironman and I actually hadn't competed in anything my entire adult life. So, you know, there's a lot of lessons there, I, I think, for people. And, and you know, if, any, if the listeners take anything away from that is it's never too late and you're never too old. Amen. So I didn't I don't think I realized that, Rich. You did your first Ironman at 51. Yeah. I figured that you'd done one every few years. So you've done basically one a year at this point, like every yeah, I, year. I had one, I actually, after I got started, I got so, you know, fired up about it. I had one 12 month period where I did three and, <laughs> and, and I, I tell you, I learned the lesson, my lesson there, I'd never do that again. That was, it was a bit off a little too, too much. Well, but, and, and um, tell, tell us briefly, cause I haven't done an Ironman. I've done like sprint triathlons and some other things. Tell, tell, tell us what, how do you describe an Ironman? What is it briefly? And why is it such a huge feat? And I'll say it's a huge feat to accomplish because it's massive. 
What, what are they and why, why are they so big? You know, it's just a little bit longer than the sprint that you've done. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, and, and it's, it's a different strategy because you do this, you do the sprint triathlons, Matt, and you are, it's so a shorter a distance. sprint triathlon. And okay. I, <laughs> again, tell me about an Ironman. <laughs> All right. So, so here's, here's what an Ironman is. It's uh, it is, it's considered the, the toughest triathlon in the world. It's comprised of, for your listeners who maybe don't know what a triathlon is, it's three sports. It's swimming, it's biking, and it's running. And so the, you start off the, the race with a 2.4-mile swim. It's an open-water swim in either lake or the ocean. And I've, I've swam in many lakes, and I've swam in the Mediterranean, and you know, I've, swam in a, I've done a lot of open-water stuff. So it's a 2.4-mile swim. And then when you get through with that, you strip off your wetsuit, and uh, you, you go hop on your bike, and you ride 112 miles. <laughs> And uh, and then when you finish that piece, you take you off your die. bike shoes and you've been no, you're, you're no, you not don't. done yet. I mean, you, you you feel like it. I have to tell you, sometimes you feel like it, but you take off your bike shoes, you put on your running shoes, and then you run a marathon. Twenty six point two miles. Twenty six point two miles, and that that is the Ironman triathlon. What what's the average finish times? Like how long does that race go? Well, you know, I guess the answer is complex. So, because it can depend upon um, your competency, obviously, it can depend upon the uh, the the course that you're doing. Uh, I the fastest I've done an Ironman triathlon was 13 and a half hours. Wow. Um, the the slowest I've done an Ironman triathlon was 14 hours and 47 minutes. I'm sorry, not 14 hours, 16 hours and 47 minutes. Wow. And the, the interesting thing about that is the time limit, no, limit is 17 hours. So if you go 17 hours and one minute, you're not an Ironman. You don't you finish. finish. You didn't, didn't finish, even if you cross the finish line. So you, what, did I hear that 46 minutes? So you're like 14 minutes under the wire? Yeah, that was, a, that was the very first one I did. I, wow. I, I, I made it by 14 minutes. And how fast are like the, like the Kenyans, you know, like the, the elite, like the, the well, top finisher of every Ironman? Like what's, cause I know marathons, like I, I did a marathon in like five hours or so, or yeah. four and a half hours, you know, four and a half hours. Yeah. And I was happy with that because that's like right in the average. And, but the top finishers were like two hours for a marathon, which oh, I thought I was absurd. Mm -hmm. You know, Amazing. these guys are running four minute miles every mile. But well, anyway, so, a, a professional, a professional. Yeah. Uh, typically, we'll we'll come in around the eight or nine hour range. Eight or nine hour. Yeah. So someone like me, you know, I'm again. It depends on the course. I'll come in in the fourteen. You know, the fastest was thirteen and a half hours, but I'll typically come in in, in the fourteen, fourteen and a half hour range. Man, that's awesome. So talk to me about because you have. Um, I love this, and you sent me a couple, a copy of a couple of different books you have, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, really getting into it, it's quite cool. Your major book is Iron Man Mind Sales Success Formula. Yeah, and I just I, I I fall in love with anyone who is able to take this passion and this special thing you've been able to do because you know that's huge to be able to at 51 start running Iron Man races and continue doing them. And, and you haven't stopped. It's not like you did one and you said, look at me. You're just like, no, this is part of my lifestyle. And you've combined the Ironman mind with three decades of high, high profile sales experience and bringing that together. So what does it mean to have like the Ironman mind when it comes to sales? What's the success formula? Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So the book that you're, that you're referring to uh, in that book, what I, what I put packed into that book was 50 of 
my top tips, the things that I've, over 30 years that I've tried and trued and perfected and things that work really, really well. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I discovered. You can have the best tactics. You can have the best product. You can have the best training. But what happens when you're facing odds that are just, that seem insurmountable? What happens when the competition is ready to eat your lunch? You got to have something else to get you over that, that, that hump or over that hurdle or, or to be able to push through to the end, which is, you know, a successful outcome. And that is the thing that will take you over is the winning mindset. And that's what I call the Iron Man mind. And I discovered this quite by accident. You know, I knew as a, as an, a successful business executive that your mindset was really important because, you know, what do you do before you get up and speak in front of a group of people or you work with people? You're, you get yourself pumped up, right? You want to give them your best. And so you're, you're, you're putting your mind in its best state. And I always knew that. What I didn't realize was the immense power of, of the mind. And I didn't really learn to tap into that until I started doing these Ironman triathlons. Quite by accident, Matt, I discovered that, that this was a huge difference in the way Ironman triathletes think and other people think. And you know, I told you about that first race that I finished in, 14 now, uh, in 16 hours and 47 minutes. That was a really tough race because it was, it was my first race, obviously, and it was 108 degrees that day. And I was pretty Whoa. beat up. Yeah, I was. A hundred. Where were you? I I was in a place that it shouldn't have been 108 degrees, but it was it was a 50 year high. I was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Wow. And it was in it was in July in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and it should have been you know right in the 80s. It should have been just a beautiful day, but it was a 50 year high, and it was a, it it was very very difficult because of the heat. And about 23 percent of the people that started the race didn't make it. It's a, that was a very, very high uh, did not finish rate for, for Ironman. So and it just wasn't- just that is huge. You know, yeah. And then you've got this, this other thing that's going on. So, I mean, I learned a lot of lessons. During that day, there were a lot of lessons learned. So what's one of the, what's one of the Ironman lessons that you've learned that translates to sales and translates to success in business? Well, I, I think it was, it was the next day when I talked to an, an athlete we can all tell our ages because they're all written on our, our uh, calves. And I could see this guy was, he was 25 years younger than me. And I said, how did it go? And he kind of had a sad look on his face. And he said, he didn't finish. And I talked to him some more and you were talking about, you know, how fast you run and everything. And I said, how fast do you run? He goes, oh, I did. I do an eight minute mile and, and I've done these before. And, you know, and, and he looked strong and he was 25 years younger and he was faster and he didn't make it. And I did. And I'd never done anything like this. And I was 51 years old. And I realized that I had something that he didn't have. It was this mindset. And here's, the, here's, the trans, here's what translates. Here's what I teach people from this lessons that I learned to take into their business. In Ironman, first, second, and third place, people that, that, are, that cross the finish line first, second, and third, and people that cross last all get exactly the same thing. They get a medal that says finisher. And to me, finishers are winners. So it's so important that anything that you do in life, no matter the odds that you face, that you've got a mindset that you're going to finish no matter what. 
and things come up and things come up all the time. And always do. And usually it's internal, external stuff, but it comes up to not make your cold calls. It comes up to not door knock. It comes up uh, to not send that email. It comes up and I'm guilty, man. I've, I've had, I've had people that were like, okay, I I think that sounds great. Can you send me over the information? And I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get to that. And I'm thinking, what am I like? I need this stuff, you know? Right, right, right. I I am, uh, I am like everybody in the world, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I need an Ironman coach. Um, let me ask you too. You have something. So guys, you can get, uh, well, let me real quick plug Rich here. You can, you can follow Rich Green on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the social media is Ironman Green and it's G-R-E-E-N-E. You got the E at the end. So Ironman Green and you can find out what he's doing on social media. And you can pick up the book, Iron Man Mind Sales Success Formula. The Iron Man Mind, it's on Amazon. We'll have a link for it in the show notes. So you just scroll down on whatever device. If you're listening to this on the podcast, or of course, if you're driving in your car, you can just, uh, when you get to a safe place, head over to Amazon and search for Iron Man Mind. But you also have something really cool. I want to ask you about this. Uh, your Peak Performer book, it's the 10 Commandments of Peak Performance. And I think you have something set up as a gift or something you can do for my listeners. What yeah. do you got? And tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, uh, I'm all about performance, all about performance in your personal life and your in your business life in whatever you do. It's so important. And I wanted to be able to give the people on, that your listeners, I want to be able to give them something that they could use to improve their performance. So I've written a book called The Ten Commandments of Peak Performance. And you don't have to be an Ironman triathlete to, to benefit from this book, but it, there, there are 10 principles that I found uh, in, in the business world that I found that almost every successful person that I work with had, had something, one of these 10 things they were very strong on, but they did all 10 of them. And so I've got this book here. It's an ebook that, uh, that your listeners can take advantage of. I also have an audio version of the book, and, it, and I want to give it away to your listeners for free. All they need to do is go to peakperformerbook.com and just stick their email and name in and they'll get instant access to it. And, uh, you know, I hope it's something that really, really helps everybody that picks it up uh, in their life. Man, that's awesome, Rich. And I think the, you know, 10 commandments of peak performance, Tony Robbins talks a lot about peak state and peak performance. Um, and I certainly have using neuro-linguistic programming for 15 years Peak performance as a parent, peak performance as a business owner, peak performance when you're riding a motorcycle, peak performance when you're rock climbing, when you're Ironmanning, anything you do in life, peak performance makes it better. So I'm going over there and getting that. It was peakperformerbook.com, 10 Commandments of Peak Performance, written by a seven-time Ironman in his 50s and a top three-decade sales professional, Rich Man, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been awesome. And thank you for sharing all this insight. If you had any any final... Well, you know, let me ask you this. This is always my final question. So why <laughs> deviate now? If you could change anything from your story and anything in life, what would you change? Or would you leave it all the same? Well, you know what? It, the, uh, yeah, there'd be so many things I'd change. But, you know, the, it, was all, <laughs> it, was all, it was all the lessons that I learned that I had to learn that got me to where I am. I would say this. This is the one piece of advice I, I'd give everybody because I, I, I learned this later. And now I know how powerful it is. I just talked about it. Whatever you do, don't give up. Finish, finish, finish. Finishers are winners. Sound advice. Rich Green, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. Really enjoyed it. 
All right, guys, that is a show this week. I sure hope you enjoyed that. I really, really love the conversation with Rich. Again, you can follow Rich at Iron Man Green with an E at the end on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go check out the Iron Man pictures. Check out, he's got some great sales wisdom. He does Facebook Lives and things, always about anything from Iron Man Mind to really cool sales techniques. So I follow him and I'm always commenting on his stuff. I, I just, I love it. Um, you can find out more at ironmanmind.com, his main website. And of course, peakperformerbook.com to get the audio and ebook free for the 10 commandments of peak performance. That is it for today. And remember, if you're listening on any of the stations right now, uh, you know, we broadcast coast to coast. So if you're listening on, on the radio, remember this also comes in podcast form twice a week, every single week. We only do one slot in the radio, but we do tw two podcasts every single week. Don't miss any. Find it at Driven Entrepreneur. You can go to mattbrawningpodcast.com or you can just search iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows. And you can subscribe, rate and review, and you'll never miss a thing. As usual, get out there and crush it. Have a great weekend. <laughs>